Today's episode is brought to you by Food Scene and Triangle Wine Company. Well, we are joined with the original sponsor of the NCFMB podcast and the founder of Food Scene, Miss Felicia Perry Trujillo. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So what's going on with Food Scene and why are we talking? We're talking because Food Scene has gone through a bit of an evolution over the last year. Mm-hmm. We've always offered photography, social media management, and website design services, but we've recently added a video component. That's right. You hired Forrest Mason, who, if our listeners remember, he shot the Lambstock video that we put out a couple weeks ago, and that was fantastic. So he's part of the team. He also is a photographer as well. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so your company's kind of expanding, getting bigger. We service any business in the food, beverage, hospitality, and tableware industries. We have clients that are small and just starting out, and we work with clients that have been around for hundreds of years and have businesses throughout the world. If you're interested to learn more about what Food Scene can do for your business, go to food-scene.com. That's food-s-e-e-n.com. You're listening to the NCF&B Podcast. Tell your friends to find us on iTunes at NCF Ampersand B Podcast. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NCFB Pod. And now, enjoy the show. Thank you for listening to the NCFMB Podcast. I am your co-host, Max Trujillo. And I am your co-host, Matthew Weiss. And today on the show, you might have heard of Top Chef. Well, soon to be starring in the new episode of Top Pottery, one of the state's top potters. I kid about the show, but he is truly one of the state's top potters, Mr. Matthew Halliburton. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. And when I say top potters, specifically for... Kitchenware or tableware, I should say. That's right. Primarily, no. Yep. Primarily. Stuff you can just use, potentially break, you know, invite people to a Greek wedding, shatter on the yes. floor. Like, that's kind of your vibe, though, right? right. You want to make your stuff more usable, that's more right. user friendly. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, the more you break, the more that I can make and sell you again, right? Is that- <laughs> well, there's your logo or your slogan. <laughs> yeah. The more you break, the more, more I, I make. make. Hey, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. You you know, no wonder why you wanted me to use it. <laughs> but yeah, what I'm doing now is uh, is, is making you know for a kitchen they, they're going through these things a lot and uh, and they're using them tens dozens of times a night um so yeah functionality usability those are those are my primary goals right now and these are also for you know individuals um to take home and use them with their family right so you're you're making a lot of products for restaurants and we can we'll get into some of the people that you're working with because they're Mm -hmm. fairly notable uh primarily i guess um but you're also selling to the end user at home the somebody that wants something for maybe a nice piece uh, for their table, but also just, I mean, it could be your everyday plates for breakfast, lunch, and dinner or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I've been using handmade plates for probably a dozen years now. So something that I'm, I'm used to. um, And I think that, you know, I'm, I'm, my goal is to make them affordably priced to where you can come buy a set of dinnerware from me and feel like you can use it 
day in and day out, put it in the dishwasher, right? Uh, put it through the ringer. Yeah, um, that's kind of your big thing. You, I mean, we were talking about it, you know, to begin with, but usability, um, and in terms of because you could be considered an artiste, uh, you right, have your right. pieces have been on display, but that's not really what you want to be, right? Yeah, and. You know, that's one of those things that everybody struggles with when they first get started is where you want to go with your, the what direction you want to take your art. And, mm-hmm. and I've sort of come full circle back to thinking that that was, you know, I wanted to be a artist. Yeah, like um, the hallowed ground. Exactly. And uh, and now, you know, I've, I've just found a lot more um, sort of sense of purpose in doing what I'm doing where I can provide people with, uh, and uh, a better experience with you know dining um and i think that's sort of you know elevating just a just a everyday ritual yeah. is is awesome it's true um, i mean that's the one thing that especially families do people do we exactly. dine together and yeah when and exactly. plateware is pretty essential I you mean, should have seen us uh, thanksgiving right. just recently passed and we decided to bust out the fine china the, yes, uh, the nice Lennox china that we got. Yes, no sponsorship, but hey, Lennox. <laughs> uh, but I swear, everybody's buttholes were so puckered while we were taking them all down from the top shelf, and then we're washing them very, very diligently. And we, yes, no, no, no broken pieces, thankfully. But yeah, it's like, oh god, here comes the the stuff that we registered for in our in our wedding. Right. <laughs> I know. It, it's so silly that people do that these days. Like, and still because. You, you seriously maybe use them <clears throat> once to twice a year, those things. Right, if right, that. right. D- tell that to every woman that has spent $5,000 on their wedding dress. <laughs> yeah, well, see. <laughs> no, I mean, we, didn't do, we decidedly didn't do that. We're like, give us something else that we're actually going to use. Right. Let's understand where the pottery thing comes from, from you, and how one gets into that. I know you studied sculpture at UNC Chapel Hill. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, and then... Uh, you were watching the pottery class or something and they wouldn't let you into the kilns. And they said, no, that's, that's for pottery, not for sculptors. Right. Yeah. So when I was at UNC and I went to UNC Chapel Hill for, I studied history and uh, psychology. Okay. Um, So I wasn't an art major. Um, But at that time I sort of started, there was some family connection to pottery a little bit. So I sort of had, you know, it was on my radar. And then when I, I just decided I was going to take a mm-hmm. couple art classes in school, um, one of those being sculpture. And, uh, and I started getting into it a little deeper. And what, what you were talking about there, they, there, were, there were wheels in this room yeah. uh, for making pottery on the wheel. Um, but it wasn't in our curriculum to do that. So they wouldn't let us touch them. Um, and that just drove me crazy, you know. Uh, you, like, you know, you won't really there, want it. Yeah, you can't just teasing it. you. Yeah, it's the big red uh, button. <laughs> so I, once I had graduated, I took a couple classes at the Durham Arts Council. Right. Um, with this fantastic teacher. Her name was Laura Korch, um, who's at getting an MFA in uh, ASU now. Uh, but she sort of was great in getting me a little bit more exposed to some potters and and things like that around the area. Um, and then I, you know, that sort of just opens this door to, because of North Carolina's rich traditions, there's, there's literally hundreds of potters here. Mm-hmm. Um, you just can go in any direction. Yeah. Um, in doing research, I felt like I opened Pandora's box yeah. about pottery that yeah. I, I didn't realize how important pottery was to the culture of North Carolina, but exactly, it goes back and it also even ties to like methods of, 
like ancient Chinese method and things yeah. like that to to really bring it full circle. I mean, that's, that's yeah. It was pretty fascinating, kind of hearing about all that. So even if you could enlighten us a little bit, you don't have to give us the the lore of yeah. pottery, but you know. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because where I grew up was in the foothills of North Carolina, um, and there's a regional tradition there. It's called Catawba Valley pottery, um, and they used, you know, they were using lead glazes back in the 1800s that were not good for what you. Could yeah. Go wrong? Uh, yeah, what could go wrong? Uh, so they transitioned to this ash glaze, and it's it's just using wood ashes and crushed up glass, which was something that they had, mm-hmm. and then uh, the little bit of the clay that you make pots with. You can make a glaze out of that. Um, and that somehow filtered down into Western North Carolina via. There, it's still a little bit. Come on, man! Hard you to, history. Hard Let's to go. figure out exactly exactly where it came from. It's probably but, still paying for that student uh, loan right yeah. now. Let's put it to work. But yeah, they they were the, those potters were sort of talking to South Carolina potters as well, and and they were using this sort of ash glaze. But that ash glaze has roots in in China mm-hmm. um, for thousands of years, probably. Um, and so it's funny how you can. You can trace that back, um, but th- this is a glaze that I'm still using today, um, yeah, so and it still exists in, in in one of these plates over here. Yeah, take us through a uh, just a super 101 of pottery. So yeah. I, I know one of your big things is uh, digging the clay, but we'll get to that that later. But yep. you're getting the clay, mm-hmm. you put it on the wheel. Yep. Kind of take us through that. So, for, but first you have to mead the clay or something. Basically, like that? yeah. You you want to sort of like you're kneading dough. Yeah. Uh, you're just sort of getting all the air out, making it a consistent um, piece of clay, pliable, exactly. Workable. Yeah. And then you know I will I have a wheel that I make everything on. Mm-hmm. Um, takes for a plate. It takes me about a minute to make. Oh, okay. On the wheel. Okay. But that's the beginning. That's sort of the short end oh, so of it all. so they cost probably like 2 or $3. Dollars <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so once they're once they're thrown, then they have to go sit and dry on the rack for a little while. When you say thrown, that means like you're shaping it exactly. on the wheel, right? Exactly. Shaping it on the wheel. Yeah. And for that, that's though... That's talk. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was the term again? <laughs> throwing. 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 Kind of. Or the, the, old, the old timers back where I grew up would call it turning. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and there's special techniques. That's where you that's where a potter kind of differentiates his exactly. or herself, right? In the throwing. That's where the the skill, if you want to say it, comes in. Okay. Um, and there's skill involved in a lot of the other parts of the process, but that's where, you know, my hands are forming the clay. That's where your sculpture background, I assume, comes or a little yeah, sculpture yeah, education. Comes exactly. In. Yeah. And and sort of thinking about what you want to make. Okay. Um, and I look to a lot of old forms and simple plates and dishes and whatnot that have been made for a long time uh, in sort of informing what I'm making. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, once they once they go on the rack, they have to dry for a while. And then you can trim. I trim the back of them just to make it really neat, um, make a, a finished uh, back to the plate. And then it's just got to dry out completely. So where there's no moisture in the clay before you can fire it. How, how long, long does? Oh, <laughs> geez, how long does that take? Buy me a it can, you know, depending on what time of year, the humidity, whatnot, it can take. It takes about a week. Oh, um, yeah. So once it's once it's dry, I will do. What's so now called, the plates are like seven, eight bucks now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now we got a week's worth of time in yeah. there. Um, and th- what I'll do is, is that at that point, fire it to a temperature that's not quite done. Not quite where it will be finished to, but it's called a bisque firing. Uh, it fired to about 1,800 degrees. Hmm. And what I'm shooting for at the end firing is a 
23 to 2400 degrees. Uh, but that bisque firing allows me to have to transport these pots back to my wood kiln where I can fire them. It also makes them a little bit harder. They're now ceramic material. Mm. Um, so they're no longer dirt. They can't be turned back into the ground. Right. Um, and once you do that, uh, you can put a glaze on them, put them back in the kiln, fire them again to the 2400 degrees, and then they're done. By putting a glaze, that's actually like with a paintbrush and painting them. Is I dip them. Okay. Um, oh, I you just dip them. I make a big tub of glaze. It looks like buttermilk, chocolate mm. milk, um, and mm. you just dip the whole pot in there, um, and it will dry. And then you put it in the kiln again and fire it uh, for the second time to the glaze temperature. It's gotcha. funny, but this whole process feels very culinary in the, oh, in the yeah. whole design, right? I yeah, mean, like you yeah. felt like pizza making in the beginning yep. and you've like, <clears throat> you know, yeah, you're, 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 you're dipping in, uh, I don't know if you're like, you're dredging like, uh, some fried chicken mm. so you can, yep. make, you know, yeah, things like that, but it feels very culinary in yeah. its sense. And then lo and behold, the thing that it's making is to help put the food on it. So it makes, it's kind of a cool way of you're cultivating dirt into something that you can put your food on. Exactly. So, I love that. Yeah, I've always, uh, since I've gotten into working with chefs, I've always, I always think that there's a lot of overlap sure. in what we do. Um, Can you make a good pizza? Uh, potentially, <laughs> if given if John May's doing, if it, I standing can, next to yeah, him? if John May is cooking, yeah, okay. I can make a good pizza. No, yeah. uh, if I've got my kiln firing, you know, thousand degrees, I could probably make Ooh. a pretty decent pizza. Yeah. I've not tried that yet, but. Um, that that might be, be a pretty, little clay. Uh, yeah, no, maybe yeah. we do a pop up yeah. dinner next to the wood yeah. park. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we just start yeah. doing some pizzas there. Hey, I think on, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. do that. Yeah. Um, so Max mentioned it earlier, and you just mentioned it now. And uh, I have to be honest. I was thinking Max told me about you, and I was like, yeah, eh, pottery. You know, how does that really go with the show? But then um, I, I'm going to name drop here. I was having lunch with uh, John May and Mike Lee. Yeah. And um, TV, and, TV's John May. TV's John May. Thank you, Max. Um, and they started talking about you, and I was like, "Oh, this guy sounds pretty awesome. We got to have him on the show." Yeah, and then I was yeah. like, "Max, let's 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 do it. Let's get him on the show." They said, "Oh, you mean the guy that I said we should have on the show three months ago?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great minds think alike, just That's not right. at the same time. <laughs> just there not at the go. same time. Yeah. Um, no, but ha so how does that work uh, creatively? I mean, that that's obviously really good uh, validation in around these parts for those two chefs to get behind your work. Yeah, I mean, it's it's different for every chef. Yeah. Uh, and you know, John, I've worked with him so long. I call him a good friend. Um, for listeners you know, we, that don't know, I mean, everyone should know TV's John May. But he was once the sous chef for uh, Chef and the Farmer, Vivian Howard's restaurant in Kinston. He's been on our show. He is the executive chef slash general manager of Piedmont restaurant out in Durham, which is where you hail from as well. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, my house is in my studio is probably about a mile to two miles from Piedmont. Uh, so I'll, I'll, when I've got plates for John, I'll just take them over there Saturday morning and, uh, and hang out with him for a little bit. But yeah, so, I mean, it, it's different for every chef, um, that I work with or every individual that I work with for that matter. Um, so let's, let's do an example. Yeah. As, uh, let's, let's role play as I like. Okay. To say. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I would like to create an NCF and B wine jug. Okay. All where right. we could like actually do a jug like old school Roman style, you know, like yeah. they, or Game of Thrones style where they put their, yeah. their wine in jugs. Oh, pull it from the barrel into the jug. Yeah. 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 But then your jug just sits on your counter or whatever. And that's your wine for the week, you know, yeah. like, and it 
kind of sits in there. So how would we go about working that? So yeah, we would. What I would probably do there is just you know throw a demo piece for you. Oh wow! Um, and then you could you know I could have you out to the studio. We could I could throw the actual pot yeah. and and you could make adjustments to it. Right. Or um, I would be working if you know if you didn't want to come out. I would, I would make a finished product, just a demo piece, and we could make small tweaks to that, yeah. and then um, and then have a final final piece that we're both happy with. So would I do, or does John, or would I do like a drawing to say, hey, I kind of want the shape to look like this? Yeah, yeah, or or photos that are you're you know thinking about for inspiration and whatnot. You know, that's always a good thing for me to start with, uh, right. something visual. And um, then and then and then the finished part is you throw a glaze on there, but then you mm-hmm. can also with paint do a design, I guess. Yeah, like, or I could put our logo describe the logo of uh, yeah CFB on there. I love all of this because yeah. there's there's something that I the the NNO did a feature on you mm-hmm. relatively mm-hmm. recently. Those those guys over there are so smart because they did one on us too, like <laughs> a month before they did it on you. Um, but uh, but there was something that you had brought up that. Um, that just drinking your coffee out of a nice ceramic mug just tastes better. Right. And I, I do like that idea. And I wonder, you know, we talk about tasting wine uh, in a big glass versus a little glass. And if anyone's ever done any of those experiments where you, you try a big glass with a, you know, a Chardonnay or a Pinot Noir, and then you switch it to a Bordeaux glass and it tastes totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder what the flavor profile would be to drink wine in a ceramic or ceramic a ceramic Mm -hmm. you know chalice of some sort and if that would positively or negatively or just alternatively affect the the taste of the wine versus a a glass so we're gonna have to do this yeah drink this stuff i think so yeah we'll have to come up with a couple cool little i mean i guess if you're drinking out of a coffee mug this is ceramic right a coffee mug is ceramic and if you put wine in there which (laughs) danny mellon my old my old employee at Midtown Grill was known to do. Oh, really? Out of a ceramic mug? During the shift. Well, I would think, though, what you were saying... <laughs> during the shift, yeah, that's the best way to hide it. Um, but in in reality, I was thinking, if you do it, the glaze with crushed glass... Yeah. And line, and that would be the glaze, then maybe that would you would be, in turn, getting the same effect as having it in a wine glass. Yeah. Know. You know, that, that would... We we would have to do several taste yeah. test sessions <laughs> we'll do to it. determine that. But, but yeah, well, no, we do I, that with the pizza. Uh, oh yes, off the, yeah. off the yeah, kiln. You've yeah, got nothing yeah. else to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. Lined up your, your winter <laughs> and yeah. NCF and B jo- wine jugs soon to be on our merch site. Go yeah. find them for only thirty five dollars. He's but, like, wait, I'm taking a fifty dollar hit on this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we haven't worked out the price yet. Yeah. By yeah. the way, just totally off subject, but mm-hmm. I've got to think that you were a huge fan of the movie Ghost. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's great stuff, Like, that's right? your yeah. movie. Yeah, right? I even made up a nice little banner for my fall pottery sale with that uh, the scene from Ghost on it. So. And just think, uh, if, if Ghost wasn't his movie and... You know, with all of his Patrick Swayze love, he just yeah. loved Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Just think where he would be right now. I you, love everything Patrick Swayze does. Ro- yeah. Roadhouse, Roadhouse is like the best. Uh, Paint don't hurt. Way. Yeah. You guys realize that there are a bunch of people listening to our show that have no clue. Well, they probably know who Patrick Swayze is, but have no yeah. reference to what we're talking about in the yeah. movie. Oh, yeah. The Outsiders, so, yeah. Red Dawn. That's right. So, but do you want to talk about the scene in Ghost? It's a very hot oh. scene. Oh, I was yeah. thinking about it because you have a Vimeo of you tossing a pot, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh, and yeah. it's, but it's in fast motion or time lapse. Right. But, Just so I wouldn't bore everybody with the yeah. 20 minutes. And let's not say, I wasn't getting turned on by watching it. <laughs> but if there is a visceral experience where your hands are all like 
kneading into this dough or into yeah. the ceramic. And uh, or at the time, I guess it's clay at that point. Yeah, you're you're yeah. kneading into this clay. There's water. There's lubrication. There's like <laughs> formation. You're like sticking things inside. You're pulling them out. You're moving it around. Yeah, and then eventually you just kind of set it there and you, you know, yeah, you you're in your wake. That's right. But uh, so of course, yeah. There's a movie where where uh, Demi Moore is uh, a potter mm-hmm. and uh, she befriends or falls in love with Patrick Swayze and then they have a great sexy scene where yes. they're throwing a pot together. Yes. And then he dies and becomes a ghost and then he speaks through Whoopi Goldberg's body. <laughs> totally, you know, normal stuff that would happen. <laughs> Just YouTube the, uh, the pottery scene in Ghost. <laughs> and then that's, that's right. behind the Righteous Brothers Unchained oh, Melody. Yeah, that's right. It's so funny Whoa, because... <laughs> oh, most potters are so tired of that cliche of that scene. Yeah, but I love we'll bring it. You it know, back, come man. on. It's yeah. like it's like acid wash yeah. jeans. It's been long enough. Exactly. We can bring it back. Exactly. Come on, that happens yeah. every night in your studio, right? Exactly. With, let's with let's with not another... take ourselves so seriously here. Yeah, you know? Seriously. Exactly. Would you let someone like? Would you pot with some? Would you throw a pot together? Only my long my my girlfriend of many years. Yeah, I <laughs> okay. think that's uh, or you know you know maybe John May. Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, that's a giveaway right there. Yeah. Hey, but um, good date night idea for those of you out there. Like, go take yeah. a ceramics class, right? Where yeah. you could probably maybe yeah. reenact that scene. Yeah, in, in no, I, I think it's, yeah. yeah, get out in your local, uh, you know, arts councils and go take some pottery classes. <laughs> there you I, go. I think it's it's good for everybody. All right, back to serious <laughs> mode. Okay. So, uh, if you haven't connected the dots yet, the reason we're talking to you is because obviously you're a potter, but your pottery is specific to restaurants and also for 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 plateware, uh, North or, Carolina or restaurants too, and, and North Carolina restaurants. And the other differentiating factor is that your clay that you're using is exclusively or predominantly North Carolina clay. Pre- pretty much exclusively. Um, so before the last, I don't know five to ten years you couldn't buy clay at the store that was made in, that was north made of north carolina clays mm-hmm. it was all produced from various places in these big clay mines and mm-hmm. then they, these companies would sort of put it in a plastic bag for you so if you wanted to use north carolina clays you had to go dig them yourself mm-hmm. um or have them dug and then put on your property to to process um but Nowadays, there's this great company in sort of the middle of North Carolina near Asheboro in Star, North Carolina. It's called Starworks. And it's part of this giant grant uh, from uh, North Carolina to develop this um, ceramics program. There's glass blowing. There's everything going on there. But they they, they brought this guy, Takaro, um, in as a sort of their main clay guy. And he is devoted to producing local awesome local North Carolina clays that I can go, he'll mix for you. You can go buy them. Mm -hmm. Um, So that takes a lot of the burden from me having to go out and dig my own clay, which in most cases that used to be me taking like five gallon buckets out with a shovel and digging them out of creeks or fields, um, which as you can imagine, is a incredible. Yeah, that's uh, going to be a ton of work. Yeah, it's so it much work. It helps you fit into your wedding suit if you. Still yeah, have yeah, right, right. Mike needs to do a dirty job. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but needless to say, I don't do that as much anymore. I'd still do because um, then I can mix that with some of the other things that I buy and create an even cooler, uh, more local product. Um, but anyway, so yeah, all his clays are North Carolina. They're even, you know, you can even buy certain clays from different regions. So mm. I can go buy clay from where I grew up. 
okay. there now. So, um, well, there's a lot of indigenous clay in North Carolina, and yeah. if you don't realize that, then just go to any country club and any one of their tennis courts. They're going to yeah. almost traditionally be clay court. Yeah, which is why, like the French Open is red clay, but it's because there's a lot of indigenous red clay exactly. in Roland Garros area and just all over France. So it's like, it is of the land and it makes right. a lot of sense. So it just, we yeah. are, we, North Carolina is a, is a, a place that is built on clay. I mean, yeah. this whole state has right. clay all over. Yeah. Even if you've um, ever dug up any plants in your own yard, most, at least in the Raleigh area, Raleigh Durham area, it's usually huge yeah. red clay in yeah. that earth. Yeah. So I mean, most just recently I, went out in my backyard mm-hmm. in Durham and dug a little test sample of some like really ochre, like yellow clay that I was able to use for a glaze. Oh, wow. Um, and I went over and got some ashes, wood ashes from Picnic Smoker and made a glaze of just Durham materials. Nice. Essentially. So how does that uh, manifest itself into the f- finished product? Like, what is the difference between your starting clays? Yeah, so, I mean, those clays, they, they just have a lot more character to them. Um, whether it's stones or pieces of iron that come through the glaze and the finished product or whatever, mm. um, they just... they. They have a different look, and a, it, it's 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 a visual. When thing. you yeah, when you when you see it in person and hold it, you can tell uh, okay. that it's not you know store bought porcelain or uh, any other stoneware. Okay. Now looking. now I understand what you mean when you say character. Yeah, yeah it has exactly. A uniqueness and a, exactly a to it. And gotcha. you know, and, and even if it's not directly you know visually apparent. Um, I know, and the most texture, of the folks that like that, that yeah. I work with, they know that they're getting something that is from this area, um, and that I've, you know, I've made a very conscious decision to get those materials for that purpose. Nice. Um, well, we talk about sense of place all the time. That's a great wine reference. Exactly. So why wouldn't it make sense to do that? Exactly. Yeah, with your pottery. Right. It's the terroir of, you know, this. It's literally the terroir right. of. Uh, of this area. We partnered up with Triangle Wine Company because these guys are awesome. They offer weekly wine tasting events, a wide range of wine and beers from around the world, and an easy online store to find the wines that you'd like. They also offer pickup, local delivery, and shipping. We even set up a promo code NCFB so you can receive 10% off all future purchases. Go to trianglewineco.com or one of their three locations, and for 99 bucks, pick up the NCFNB six-pack, which includes three white wines, three red wines, and we threw an official NCFNB hat in the bag. So once again, buy your wine online or in-store at the Triangle Wine Company and use our promo code NCFB during checkout to receive 10% off your future wine and beer purchases. Go to trianglewineco.com or click the top of our website at ncfbpodcast.com. Oh, another name drop that you also uh, that uses your plateware mm-hmm. is Husk, right? Which is obviously huge and well renowned. Sean Brock's place in in Charleston, South Carolina, and right. then they have a couple of other ones. Do you do different, specific different plateware for that? Yeah. So, well, that's actually a project I just finished. Even this weekend, I finished firing. So I, I've made plateware for their two new restaurants that are opening this fall: one, one in Greenville, Greenville and yep. one in Savannah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just finished making. And it was about a seven hundred plate. 
uh, thing. Wow. So uh, that's a lot of work. Um, You're rich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we can we can uh, you know get good Christmas presents this yeah, year. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, no, that you know the way that whole thing worked out was I would send them images, and so they've sort of tailored from what I do. They've sort of tailored a look that's specific to their restaurant. Gotcha. Um, and they came up with four different plate concepts that they wanted. Um, and, and yeah, we, I just go well, out that's and your start process making. too. On your website, you even said, you know, like you want to get some plates, like call exactly well, like six to eight weeks. So let's get the conversation going because we can personalize it to what's going to make sense for you. Right. Right. Which I love. I mean, I've always been someone as a general manager that I would go plate shopping with my chefs and, you know, you, you start talking about like the usefulness of a plate mm-hmm. versus a coupe versus, uh, you know, like a salad plate to a big plate or then you're talking about uh, the, the the square footage of a table. And so like how important the size of this plate is going to be, you know, and, and how much can we get? What type of food are you going to serve? Are you going to do right. a lot of tasting courses, maybe a lot of smaller plates, things like that. But having that conversation with someone that's physically going to make that plate for you right. is unique i mean that that never comes around yeah uh, i mean i can i can literally change on while the clay is or while i'm throwing the pot i yeah. can literally make these decisions in real time with the chef if they want it yeah. uh to say okay we don't we want a sharp edge on this we want it to we want a very flat plate we want mm-hmm. a 12 inch plate versus a 10 inch Th- these are all decisions and considerations that we can tailor uh or i can tailor to the uh, restaurant or the chef yeah so so going back to <clears throat> so going back to your education and uh, the passion of you becoming a potter, um, this didn't just all come out of nowhere. And I know that you've given some uh, kudos to people that have helped you out in the past, like Mark yeah. Hewitt, yep. um, who's yep. kind of been famously known in this area for making some great pieces. A lot of people also might know his wife too, Carol, who runs Slow Money, which is also a great business that helps promote food-related businesses and all that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Kim Ellington Kim Ellington, well. yeah. Yeah, those are two people that you've cited as giving you a lot of experience. So when did you feel confident enough to go from underneath their wing to just say, I think I got this. I'm going to do this. Yeah, so both of, especially Mark Hewitt, he, he actually has a formal apprenticeship model, um, and there aren't that many of those left in the country, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he will train... Uh, young potters to go through and they'll teach him every aspect of the business and the making and all the techniques and whatnot. Now I didn't do a formal apprenticeship with Mark, but I've been working with him, helping him fire his kilns and just picking his brain for probably the past 10 years. Mm. Um, And, you know, he's, he's been huge, you know, huge mentor, I guess, uh, influence on, on what I do. What Um, does Mark think about your pottery? Uh, that's a good question. He 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 sent me a big uh, great uh, thumbs up for the N and O article. So I think oh, uh, cool. I think he was uh, happy with um, with that. And you know it it's you know we nowadays we talk more about other things other than pottery, uh, which is you know maybe the sign of a friendship mm, or or sure. something that's uh, you're no longer trying to pick his brain over every little thing that you know I'm trying to figure out. Um, and that's probably because I'm starting to do my own thing, you know, figure it out for myself. Um, but you know, he's, he is probably and Kim Ellington. They're both influential in the fact that I would fire these pots. And that's something that traditionally was done in North Carolina and it's a dying art. 
Uh, there just aren't that many people that want to put the work into doing a wood firing. Because um, now you would do... Because, you know, with the... Most, if you were to like go to your... Or, yeah, a gas yeah. oven or electric oven. Oh, okay. You basically... It's like an oven. You go press the button and it, gotcha. it goes. Uh, and it, you check it the next morning and it's done. Like, you could literally do it in your home oven, your di- your kitchen oven? If it could go to about 2,000 oh, degrees, gotcha. you probably oh. could. Oh, yeah. Uh, but there are specific <laughs> ovens to get yeah. to that. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, they're... You, <laughs> can buy them at uh, or you can use the Durham Arts Councils or, or whatever the craft center you uh, and or NC State is also a great place they have tons of kilns uh, that can fire people's work but yeah the wood kiln is a different animal because I'm literally stoking wood into it for eight nine hours um, until it's done and so in that whole process you get things you get this sort of smoke that's influencing the way the pots look. Um, they make them a bit more rich. And there's also wood ash from the wood flying through the kiln and landing mm. on the pots, mm. which will turn into this beautiful glassy like uh, look. Um, a speckle to it. Exactly. Or? Those little black specks all over. Hmm. Um, when they land on the pot and melt, that's the sort of the end result so there you know i don't get i don't get a whole lot of consistency out of that but that's not something i'm looking for right um i want the wood firing to do its magic you know right that's the purpose of doing it exactly Otherwise, you would just do it in a exactly electric or a gas oven yeah exactly yeah it's, so where where was that uh aha moment of when you're like yeah i'm gonna do pottery for a living yeah so i mean it's it's been a slow transition um but you know i was when i graduated i thought i would go back to grad school um and i just sort of figured out that that wasn't the route for me um and uh trying to figure out you know this dinnerware stuff is probably within the last three years Mm. um and i don't know if it was something i noticed from the restaurants i was going to or the uh programming i was watching on tv whatnot but uh it was something that i noticed was a trend um and hopefully uh it's not a trend it's more of a lasting uh thing that chefs are willing to really put the time into getting plateware that reflects what they want their food to be played Now, on. I could be wrong with this, but you weren't the same Matt Halliburton that was a clinical research coordinator right. for brain imaging and analysis yes. at the Duke That's UNC the, Center? And I, and I still am. Uh, so I do this I do this in my spare time, uh, <clears throat> which pottery. ends up being, <laughs> I mean, I can work on it for 40 hours a week. Uh, but yeah, I still work at Duke uh, doing brain imaging research. Oh, wow. And that was what I was trained to do um, in in college, and what I've been working, you know, in since then. Wow! Um, so, so you're taking pictures of brains? Yeah, basically. Right. Yeah, we, we and we work with uh, tobacco research. So um, right, I noticed that you had about five postings that were the effects of people that had stopped yeah. smoking. Yep. You've been published five times with the yeah. articles about uh, the effects of your brain from smoking and stop smoking. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, we have a, a lab that is, you know, up to almost 20 people now um, that you know, our whole center is is looking at uh, this kind of stuff. Is there um, any effect from working in a wood-fired kiln? Yeah. You know, you, <laughs> it probably mimics some of the effects of secondhand some smoke, probably. Yeah, I need to I need to actually pay a little more attention yeah. to that. Whoops. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, 
so yeah, it's something that that's it's it's what I that's what I know. Uh, wow, you're and, a busy man. Yeah, it, times are getting really busy these days. Um, Is and, the ultimate goal to leave the research job think, and do the pottery? I think it's you know once it was going back to that sort of uh, moment of whether or not to go to grad school okay. uh, and pursue this at a higher level or. Um, be an artist, potter, whatnot. Uh, what that's do your sort parents of, want you to do? Exactly. That's uh, <laughs> mom definitely wants uh, wants me to to make the the uh, rational uh, you know safe route mm-hmm. decision. But right. uh, you have a good um, job at dude. Exactly. You have good benefits. Yeah, I hey think. There. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think I always told myself that um, if this pottery business got started and really caught hold that I wouldn't stop it. Mm. You know, I would, I would let that, you know, do, do what it was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, and I can see it going that way now, whether, when that will happen, I don't know yet. It's, it's one of those really, really hard, um, right. decisions. And then you've to got make. to be able to deal with the fact that you, in the beginning might not be making the same type of money exactly. you're making while doing your previous job. Exactly. So you either take that leap Right. And deal with it. Right. And be happy with it until major success comes. Right. Or you do both. And that's yeah. what you're doing. And, and you know, I've talked to, there was a guy that I was going to apprentice with in uh, Asheville. Um, and we had conversations. His name's Matt Jones. Uh, we had conversations about this. And Did he, he was the wide receiver quarterback <laughs> for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, he had a second. But yeah, we had a conversation about this. He, he's, you know, saying, you know, there are times in, uh, you know, any given week where I, I want a full-time job. It would be nice to have the stability and just the, um, not having to always, uh, be hustling essentially, right. yeah. or not to put words in his mouth, but essentially have that stable full-time job. Oh, it's easy um, to just go in, clock in and clock out and yeah. let somebody else make all the hard decisions. Right. Even right. if you're high level, you still exactly. can be that way. It's why not everyone is going to be an entrepreneur. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that's the, you know, the, that'll be a big change. Uh, but when it happens, I, I welcome it. You know, yeah. I, I want, you know, it's, you will always be more successful at something that you are really passionate about. Um, I feel than something that is just a job, not saying that my career is just a job, but, sure. um, so do you sign your plates or do you, are there logoed? Yeah. I have yeah. a stamp that's sort of, uh, we <laughs> were taking a road trip and I didn't have a very good stamp at the time. It was yeah. a few years back. So I decided I, we were going to come up with some ideas of what to do. And, and I took an H or you know the folks in the car, we took an H and put bullhorns on it for Durham mm, uh, at nice. being the Bull City, so yeah. that I could like locate. If people don't get it, um, which some people think it looks like a longhorn, Texas Longhorns, or something like that. But right. anyway, um, that's just sort of my way of saying that these were made these in Durham. Yeah, yeah, because the old joke, or maybe we discussed it. I forget who was. Maybe it was with Mike and, and John. But when a chef likes a plate, you always see them lift it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> see who where it comes from. Yeah, that was the funny thing about not to get off topic, but with Mike, I think he found out about me by dining at. Piedmont. Piedmont. Oh, okay. And so, uh, Mike Lee, the Mike Lee, chef yeah. owner, sushi chef owner of M Sushi. Yeah. And so, M Coco and soon to be M Taco. And yeah. Yeah. Exactly. M- Empire. So, Empire. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, I, I made a run of uh, things for him that were really unique and awesome. And uh, hopefully, we get to work together in the future with all his new endeavors. Yeah. Well, let's check out some of the um, pottery that you yeah. brought. And uh, maybe you can even speak about, you know, to some of these. 
So so some of these This is great. This is like a seven inch coupe. Exactly. Exactly. That's become a really popular dish with the chefs because you know, these small plate uh crudos and whatnot. Um it's perfect for that. And obviously we're a podcast, so I'll try to uh articulate what I mean. So a coupe, if you don't know, usually has like a little ridge. It's essentially like a bowl, like a flat bowl. It's the same uh for glassware as well. Bartenders use coupes all the time to put uh Manhattan, like a, a Vucure or a Manhattan. Sometimes Manhattans though are more like in the martini triangle. But you can. Um, but this is, uh, yeah, like a wide mouth, flat rim. Think of like a, think of it's like a thirties bar, thirties uh, champagne glass. Yes, yeah. yes, right? without so the without the stem. Yeah, that's what this is. But seven inches wide, or I'm just guessing on the seven inches. But um, but yeah, I mean, this is fantastic because you could you could have a, a sauce, a, a drizzle of, of whatever, yep. and it's not going to fall all over the plate. And man, the craftsmanship is awesome too because you can tell it's handmade in the sense that it, it it has a uniqueness to it. But but you can also tell it was made by somebody that really knows what they're doing because it does it's not wobbly. Right. It's right. It has some precision to it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and, and also the character which you were talking about before, like there's a white spot within it yep. and uh, some other brown spotting and then speckling and stuff like that. Yeah. So and super. This is the one of the large bowls that I originally had uh, started making for Piedmont, and then um, th- these are also going down to Husk, the two new Husks uh, coming up. But um, yeah, so this is a little bit more of an entree plate or, yeah. or whatever. But this is maybe like an eleven inch or ten inch, ten and a half ten dinner half. bowl. Yeah. Dinner bowl. Yeah. So it's got a lip on it too. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the dinner bowl over the flat plate oh, myself because totally. then you know you don't get your food all over the table. It's if you're really, it off. it's really like a great all around dish. Yeah. Yeah. But and I say this, and I say hopefully any chef that's listening, sometimes you got to remember, be careful of the protein that you're putting in, in that if that particular protein, or it doesn't have to be the protein, if something in that dish needs to be sliced with a knife, be conscious of your guest slicing in a bowl, because mm. you will, you'll ruin the edge of the yep, plate, yep. and you'll, you'll dull your knife. And it's just awkward for a guest to do that. So yep. sometimes you got to go flat plate, and that's why yep. there's versatility. You just put the protein in the middle of the plate. Though. Yeah, but even still, even if this plate was in the middle, like there's still a good chance you're going to knock the edge. How about you just plate it sliced? Well, right? you could do that, but then a lot of chefs out there go, Matt Weiss, what are you thinking? Because <laughs> that's going to dry out the meat if it if it you know doesn't get sent directly to the table right at that moment. That's why. You don't go to like a nice steakhouse and it's all been butterflied out or you know sliced yeah. out for you because it can dry out and the the juices can fall out. So That's true. If That's you're going to do it right then in that moment, right? Sure. Slice table side. Yeah. If you're going to do that, sure. Mike Lee, slice my meat. Yeah. Table side. Well, exactly. You that, would. Plus slicing on that ceramic. That's gonna uh, that's gonna dull that knife pretty quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nothing's gonna go through the ceramic. No. No. Yeah. Exactly. And these are so these are the the picnic ash plates, uh, which are I was thinking about this last night. Coming Coming on um, to talk to you guys, I was thinking about this. This is like sort of this is crazy to think that this is sort of like where I've come from and where I'm going in sort in this one plate, which is uh, because the the glaze, like I was saying, is made up of ashes from a restaurant. Made these will be going to picnic for those guys to use. Um, Picnic is a great barbecue place. Oh yeah, in Durham. Durham, yeah. And uh, and it's also local materials. What I really look for, uh, but it's also made with a glaze recipe and clay that have been around for hundreds of years uh, in in sort of uh, the area that I grew up in. So it's um, and this one, what we're holding is a more traditional quote unquote dinner plate. It's a little bit flatter, but it still has that ridge. Yeah. See, that would I would say that would be perfect for a little. 
steak and potatoes or something like that, and you could slice on that, and that would be excellent. Yeah, and these are this last one is just a giant dinner plate. Ooh, uh, yeah. Those are also going down to husk. Um, so, yeah, I like the size of this, too. This is more like a 13, 14-inch round, I think, and like that you could use family style yep. and load up this thing. Yep. And or share. make dramatic plating. You got plenty yeah. of real estate to, to <clears throat> do whatever. As all those chefs did. I don't know if I think it might be considered a little passe now, but to like plate to the side. Yes, yes. Is that like for the super cool edgy guys? I think like once Alinea stops doing it, then you're all supposed to stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Matt, though, one thing about this plate, the last one with the, the mm-hmm. local one. Mm-hmm. So, how is it that the bottom part of the plate has no glaze on it at all? Yeah, so with those, I've started really leaving off uh, the glazes from the bottom because I, just to show more of that clay, uh, yeah. to give it more of that. It's, it is a rustic yeah, look. look. Um, and well, I would say all of this is sort, sort of, of rustic. rustic yeah. yeah. And But it's a definitely more of a, it's a statement about the clay I'm using. I want it to be, I want it to be in the yeah. forefront, gotcha. you know, and not hide it, not glaze well, it over. Well, obviously on the show notes, we will post pictures of all the plates that we're talking about. Um, yeah, that'd be so great. So you can go look at them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I wonder... I joked about it in the beginning, top chef, top potter, but is there any pottery competitions? Uh, that's a good question. I don't think so. We're awfully, you know, shy and reclusive as potters. Uh, but yeah, yeah there there was a great show on the BBC a couple years ago that was, uh, they would, you know, do these different it was essentially like Top Chef for, for Potters. Okay. Um, I didn't watch very much of that because it was kind of uh, it was a, little, a, little, a little corny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and ceramics are getting a lot of attention now. Um, and they're just, you know, I, I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you guys, of, yeah. you know, the food world about ceramics. And, uh, you know, I think it's great for the whole field. There's, there's no harm in, in uh, making it more uh, available and uh, good quality uh, yeah. product available to more people. Yeah. So overall, you have a quality product. You have uh, availability, usability, availability because, and then right. creative wise. Um, plus, it still looks nice. And I, I'm sure these are not inexpensive, but it's not costing you an arm and a leg. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. There's some value here too. Yeah. I mean, for a retail price on a dinner bowl like that, it's forty five dollars. So it's not. It's not going to kill you, yeah, um, right. but it's also, it is an investment for right. the average person that, I've done you know, a lot of plate shopping. I'd say that's about what it costs. Yeah. Um, you know, if there was like a wholesale, a restaurant was going to do- buy it, maybe you're getting a better deal. Like right. buying right. 700 plates. Right. Husk, maybe I definitely, I definitely cut those guys some uh, slack on that just because so you're not such as a, rich as exactly, one might have Exactly. But, uh, Medi- medium rich. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, I mean, but these plates, uh, are, are a value really. I mean, especially cause you're going to reuse them so often and these things are, they're not going to shatter in they're pretty strong. Right, right. Can you put these in the dishwasher? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, wow. And I've, I've always okay. dishwashed microwave? all my, you put them in the microwave. I don't own a microwave, but I know people that, that do them. <laughs> it goes, that empty space is right next to where he doesn't have a television too. That's right. I, uh, sadly, I'm a slave to the television, I guess, but, yeah. uh, uh, I, we're, we're talking about cutting the cord on cable, so... Uh, but you just watch BBC shows, so yeah, you yeah, keep your I, hipster you know, only, factor intact. Yeah, exactly. Only the cool stuff, right? Uh, yeah. and, and long use of dishwasher doesn't 
wear out these plates or chip or anything yeah so the chipping is it's only if you got a really it, some of these restaurant dishwashers they are pretty rough right i mean they they clean the plates in what a minute or something i, I have never actually done it but or seen it but uh <laughs> but john at uh, piedmont he he started um they broke fewer plates by putting them in the dishwasher than hand washing gotcha and john um, may washes all of his dishes himself he, yes he of course yeah <laughs> And how can uh, the the regular consumer who's or I guess tell us for both if if you are a restaurateur or if you are just a want these plates for home how do you go about getting them? Yeah, so really the best like and Max uh, sort of referenced it earlier. The best way to do it is just either give me a call um, and my cell phone is on the, my website uh, HalliburtonPottery.com. That's H A L L Y B U R. T-O-N. You got it. Right. And then Not Halliburton, the evil empire company that Dick Cheney <laughs> threw, funneled a bunch of money through That's back right. in the early yeah. 2000s. Right. We're not, we're not aligned there. Uh, and then, you know, or an email to, uh, it's also on there just to, like, like we were saying, get the conversation started. Let me know sort of what you're interested in. Because right now I don't have like a huge online store presence because what I'm doing is custom uh, mm. for each individual mm -hmm. case. And um, I do keep, you know, a little bit of inventory from leftovers and whatnot. There are things that I wanted to make myself that weren't for somebody uh, at my studio in Durham. Well, fire up um, that kiln because you just got the <laughs> NCF and the bomb right yeah. now. That's right. That's See, right. I think Orders these, are, are plenty. these would be perfect for my house because we have like either the smaller, I don't know, they're bigger than seven inches or the really big ones that, yeah. like this that don't Matt's fit in talking the about the more like dinner plate that's got just a, a very slight edge to it yeah. yeah i think that's considered that would be what most people in their heads are thinking of a typical dinner plate yeah. yeah yep yeah that would be perfect yeah i like so. those and i i love the the smaller coop the first one you showed i think because that i would mow down cereal in that bowl yeah but i also would love I feel like the milk would splash though that the, the rim is not high enough no because then you get like the if you really want to be cool you uh and i i recommend a lot of people invest in a good spoon if you have a nice spoon in your arsenal, it's not a deep spoon, it's a wide spoon, and you can get a lot of milk surface ratio type of thing in the spoon yeah. and do a lot of slurping and not a lot of splashing. See, I'm thinking more like either ceviche or yeah. a burrito bowl cooked in that oh, or yeah. like warmed in that. I want guacamole in yeah. that bowl. This yeah. is essentially the workhorse dish. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, workhorse. It, it will just do almost anything. Right. Um, and except for save a, a 20 ounce steak you're not gonna fit that in there yeah but yeah, yeah i mean it, it's 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 a great all unless around. it was 20 ounces of steak in a burrito bowl that's right yeah <laughs> or someone pre-sliced it high. High yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no this is great well um well matt thank you so much for coming on the show uh learning about craft at this level like this boutique craft element is truly what makes north carolina north carolina and it's why we love speaking to people about these stories so thank you for being on the show. Matt, what else do you have? Well, go to HalliburtonPottery.com. Yep. Uh, get some Halliburton plateware for your kitchen. Uh, and uh, look for those NCF&B wine jugs. <laughs> and uh, coming soon. And you will eat and drink very merrily. Yeah, well, thank you guys. Thanks for listening to the NCF&B podcast. And if you've stuck with us this long, review us on iTunes and remember, five stars are encouraged.